Good morning everyone and warm welcome to Hillhead Baptist at the Grosvenor. Um, I don't normally do the notices so this might be a bit of a jumble um, in no particular order. Um, welcome to Marie and Alice. I think you had joined us on Zoom before but it's nice to see you in the room. Um, uh, this morning our morning's worship will be led by Brian. Um, last week we announced that it would be led by Lena, but as many of you got an email earlier on this week, uh, Lena's auntie Ruta passed away and her funeral was yesterday, I believe. So Lena is in Lithuania. So please keep Lena, George and Rita's, Ruta's sorry, many friends and family in your prayers. Um, please also keep in your prayers uh, Katrina Gorton, um, who is recovering from COVID. As far as I'm aware, she's doing okay. Um, she was checking up on us this morning. <laughs> she sent me an email um, to make sure that all the Zoom stuff was working correctly. Um, so she seems to be doing well. Um, in other Katrina G-related news, after her last service on Sunday, um, a hoodie was left um, in, and we couldn't figure out whose hoodie it was. So if anybody does recognize it, it's about an age four. Um, and I think the only people that we had left who it could have possibly have fitted, it would not have fitted. Um, so um, it will be in the um, in Grace and Will's flat. So if anybody does recognize it or realizes that it is somebody's, please let me know and I will get it to them at some point. 
Um, next Sunday, it will be an all-age service that will be led by the BB group. It's Bethany and Brian who are leading the service tomorrow. And it will be a usual hybrid service at 11 o'clock, both in the hotel and on Zoom. Um, as far as I'm aware, that's all the notices. Um, Brian, take it away. Um, as you know, <clears throat> I stepped in this morning because Lena, who was going to be with us, is in Lithuania for the funeral yesterday of her auntie, Ruta. Quite a number of us met Ruta. Five years ago last Sunday, she was in this very room, um, sitting roughly where Will is. Um, she was here with, uh, on a visit to Scotland with Lena's mum and dad. A few years before that, I met Ruta again. She spoke with Lena translating at one of our joint church's evening reflections. And I can't forget that evening because she spoke about her personal experience of deportation and exile during the period of Soviet rule in Lithuania. Ruta was one of those deported. When she was here five years ago in this very room, I took some photos of her and Lena's mum and dad after the service, speaking with some of us. This one, which you can hopefully see on the screen, is particularly poignant. You'll see that we're speaking with Elham and Ali and Anis and Esan as well, our friends who have come here to Scotland seeking sanctuary from the current oppression and horrors of their own homeland. Iran. As we remember Lena and her family and give thanks for the life of her auntie Ruta, we remember all of those who continue to suffer oppression and exile, particularly those who are part of our own community here at Hillhead. As the sea gathers its waters for the next waves on the shore, so God gathers his people for loving. As the notes of harmony congregate for the sound of singing, so God places each of us in clusterings of community. As the wind sweeps, sweeps the air into great clouds of beauty, so God sees the wonder of our unity in creation.
we gather every week, inviting God to show us yet more ways in which we might be church. How we might be an even better community. How we might gather to us those fellow travellers in faith who are open to explore together. We listen for God. Let us pray. Gathering God, our vision of community is never as loving and as inclusive as yours. Forgive us when your love, when our love is not like your love. If we sometimes think that we're more worthy than others, forgive us and remind us that your love is a free gift for all. If we sometimes succumb to the perception that there's only one right way to follow you, forgive us and remind us that we are not God and that in Jesus there are many paths to you. If we are tempted to put boundaries around your love, forgive us and remind us that you break free of all our human limitations. We confess that we often make you a small God in our own image. Forgive us. The forgiveness of God surpasses all that we can ever know. We are included in God's costly grace for the whole world and we are no longer strangers. We take our place within the love of God. And we say together the Lord's Prayer in our own language or preferred version. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And use the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and Amen. Um, Lena had already begun to shape this service before she had to go to Lithuania, for which I am really grateful. Um, within it, instead of a sermon or a homily or a formal reflection, there will, there's going to be a conversation about life and faith. It's anticipated that we may have many of these conversations in the months ahead, helping us to get to know some of the things that we may not yet know about each other in this congregation. This morning, the conversation will be between me and Nancy. Nancy has also chosen a passage from the Bible that has special meaning for her, and we will hear that shortly in both Farsi and English. But first, a video to provide some context. So right now, I have to like wedge this. That's, that's, that means like to make sure all the air bubbles are, are out. So then, when I put it in the kiln, it doesn't really explode. Go up. And there it is. 
خداوند به من فرمود برخیز و به کارگاه کوزگری برو و من در آنجا با تو سخن خواهم گفت برخواستم و به کارگاه کوزگری رفتم دیدم که کوزگر بر سر چرخش سرگرم کار است ولی کوزهی که مشغول ساختنش بود به شکل دلخواهش در نیامد پس آن را دوباره خمیر کرد و بر چرخ گذاشت تا کوزه دیگر مطابق میلش بسازد آنگاه خداوند فرمود ای بنی اسرائیل آیا من نمیتوانم با شما همان گونه رفتار کنم که این کوزگر با گلش کرد شما هم در دستهای من همچون گل در دست کوزگر هستید Come, go down to the potter's house, and there I will let you hear my words. So I went down to the potter's house, and there he was, working at his wheel. The vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand, and he reworked it into another vessel as seemed good to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me, Can I not do with you, O house of Israel, just as this potter has done? says the Lord. Just like the clay in the potter's hand, so you are in my hand, O house of Israel. Nancy, thanks for joining us. Listen, can we start by just, when, when did you actually arrive in this church and what were your first impressions? The first time we came to Hillhead was the, the week that we retired when Douglas was a minister in Paisley and we had never had to choose where we went to a church before. And so when we retired... Well, you, you, you could have chosen, but Douglas couldn't have chosen. Might, <laughs> that might have caused friction. <laughs> Um, and so on the first week we thought we'd been in the Hillhead, Douglas had come sometimes when he was on sabbatical and we'd come if we had a free Sunday and so we thought we know where Hillhead is, we know that we've always enjoyed being there so we came, it was March 2009, it was Palm Sunday and uh, We were, we came, we didn't know who we'd know, but um, Willie Rayworth, I remember being on the door and gave us a welcome and you came and spoke. Your mum had been in our church in Paisley, so um, there was a connection there and it was a children's service and um, they led all of the readings, they shared communion and um, The cross was lifted up. So many things that impressed us and made us feel that this was a real expression of Palm Sunday worship. And then the piece de resistance was that at the end of the service, 
they served cafetiere coffee. <laughs> and it seems very superficial and shallow, and I feel shallow even mentioning it. But it was very, it spoke to me of how relevant Hillhead was in the West End of Glasgow. That was just such an, I'm used to having coffee served out of a teapot, you know, that, that was, uh, and it was always instant coffee. So that encouraged me to think that this was a church that was outward looking and was um, thoughtful and and of, of course, that, that was actually before Katrina became our minister. That was, yeah. uh, yes. yes just just the same year. Yeah. That's right. Yes. But, I mean, you'd been in Coates and Morial, um most recently. You'd come to Hillhead. You must have had quite a lot of experience through your life of different types of churches, and maybe that's informed how your faith has developed. I mean, what, what, can yes. you tell us a little bit about the sort of places you've, you've been? Yes, very... Uh, wide. I grew up in Arbroath on the East Coast and my mum I, I benefited from having a Christian mother, although she never pushed her faith. I don't record, remember her ever um, being open about faith, but she made sure we went to church every Sunday. At that stage, we weren't allowed to go as children until we were three years old and could sit. <laughs> And so I remember going for the first time, um, and it was just a habit. There was a missionary children's home in Arbroath, which was very mission-orientated. It was where, when people went out on the mission field, the children came and stayed in that home and went to the local school. So that was a connection. And again, my mother made sure that we went there and... Uh, that gave us another experience because that was very um, why the, the parents came home from Africa and would talk about their experience and we had films and so yes, that was that. Um, after Douglas finished at college, we went to our first church in Dundee and I, I've always admired that church because they'd had a retired minister but they had decided they were going to have a student minister or someone that was just out of college and there were six people finished at the Baptist College that year and I think they went through them all and that and they all I think they would have liked them all but they had committed themselves so we were the last ones who went and it was not far from where my father lived. My mother had died the previous year, and uh, so he was on his own in our growth, and it just was so right for many reasons. Um, but the congregation, I mean, when you're a new minister out of college, you're mm. very much feeling your own way, and these people put up with, with Douglas's new learning way of doing things. Um, and he was used to being in a big church in Edinburgh, and this was a different setup. But they were nothing but encouraging and uh, warm and caring, as were the women of me. I was I was 24 at that time. I'd only been in youth fellowship up until then. I'd never been at any women's, but they expected me to take charge of the women's meeting. And again, I. Uh, because of their love and 
example and warmth and care, I just grew in that. Um, and that was, there was many enriching things about that. We then went um, to Lanarkshire um, and it was a different setup. Again, a lot of committed people, um, but with things that made, that challenged my faith. The west of Scotland, as you know, there's much more of a divide, but at that time anyway, Catholic and Protestant, it was ingrained in the community and the church where we were, it was, in, it was isolated, um, a small place and it was uh, probably more uh, that way. I remember going, my father had sent me money for Christmas and I went to a sale in Glasgow and bought a lovely winter coat that had a collar and I loved it, but it was green. And lovely Christian people in the church could not understand how I could have bought a green coat because of the connotations with it. Um, and that, and I, we had a Bible study there for women once a week. There was about 20 women in this small community came to this Bible study. One of them was a neighbour of mine and she was a Catholic and she was disabled and was, she used to make a great effort to be there. And again, um, people questioned how I could allow that to happen. And I remember having to read my Bible and find that, you know, anyone who believes that Jesus is God's son and has come from him, that was the bottom line. And Alison did, and I was happy to still um, invite her. And it, but it just, that was a thing that helped me to, to think that the world was, it's not black and white. When I was a young Christian, it was very black and white and that made it easy. And I'm quite ashamed of how arrogant I was about it and how hurtful it was to other people that, uh, that I should make judgments so rigidly. Um, when Douglas and I got married, I remember I didn't want dancing at the wedding because it would have offended his parents. Don't know if, yes, it would have. And, uh, and yet my dad, I know, would have liked nothing better than to dance at his daughter's wedding. Things like that, that uh, now I would have taken a different view. And it seems that every time I started to think that God's, as with your opening prayer, Brian, about how small we make God in our mind, in our image. And every time I pushed it a bit, I was asked to push it a bit further. Last week we sang a hymn, For Everyone Here a Place at the Table. And I remember when I first was faced with that, and one of the verses says, abuser abused with me to forgive. That made me think and and, and there just there's constantly things that challenge and I constantly feel that my faith is never big enough to embrace all that God wants to embrace. After Lanarkshire where did you go? 
we went to Plymouth. Mm-hmm. And um, that was never in our thinking. We always assumed we'd be in Scotland. Yeah. And Douglas was asked to go down to a church in Plymouth. And um, I, I, I remember we, he had been down on his own and they wanted us both to go down. And that obviously meant organising childminding and things like that. And we swithered about it. And... I remember I was reading my Bible and it was just a consecutive reading. And there's a story in Kings about the axe head floating. I don't know if you know it at all. It's a thing that children tend to learn about. It's a miraculous thing. And I'd, I'd read the story before, but this was the reading that morning. And it's just as it says about an axe head floating and it was thing that looked as if it was going to be lost and then it floated and was able to be used again. And as I saw this in the Bible that I was reading, it, I thought, I know this story, what can I learn from this? But the story around it was when God said to the people or the person that was writing said to this place is too small for us. And the next line is written on its own. And this is God saying, and he said, go. And it was just that line on its own. And I got up to go through and say to Douglas, I think this is maybe something we should think about. And he was coming from his study and he says, I really think we should go. (laughs) And it was just one of these moments that um, and there have been different times like that and I think the wonderful thing about God is that he doesn't wait until we're in a particularly spiritual mood or doing the right things or or being obedient or feeling committed in some way just he can break into our everyday lives with these touches that remind us that that he is in our lives and interested and part of everything that we do. And throughout all this time, while Douglas was being minister in various places, you were doing things? Yes, again, um, and it was never, it was just things that open up, opportunities that came. Um, I got involved with women's fellowship and got so much from that women amazingly supportive and kind and another time when I again it wasn't a particularly special morning I remember we were in Paisley and uh, my son normally he would take himself to work he had a school job in Safeways in Glasgow safely as it was then, that's how long ago. And uh, he needed a lift to go to work. He was working in the bakery, which started at six o'clock in the morning. So um, if he went in his dad's car, he was allowed to listen to Radio 4 or the Clydebank Male Voice Choir. (laughs) So my tastes were a bit broader than that's, and so he preferred if I took him. So we were travelling in the car and he took a cassette out of his bag. (laughs) Remember cassettes? (laughs) And it went into the machine. 
and uh, he says, oh, I really like this song. And I wasn't really paying attention because it wasn't my kind of thing. And he said, oh, did you hear that? That's a really good line. I said, no, I think I missed that. And he said, it says, our love is all of God's money. And I was trying to process that in my mind. This was just an ordinary song. It wasn't a Christian song at all. And he wasn't particularly that way uh, leaning. And uh, I said, sorry, he says, it says, our love is all of God's money. And I was still a bit, he says, well, I suppose love is God's currency. Wow. Well, I just was blown away with that thought. Love is God's currency. If you go to God's cash machine, you draw out love. God uses love to settle his accounts. Love is what reaches out and makes a difference in our life. And when and I'm just saying this because when I dropped him at work and I was going home with all these thoughts going through my mind, I felt as if the sun was shining brighter and everything. And I got home and there was a letter, uh, the postie had arrived and uh, it was inviting me to be um, do a leadership role within Women's Fellowship, which I would never ever have thought was going to happen. And it turned out to be another amazing experience that God brought into my life. So yes, when you see um, that, again, these are just things that have come along. And alongside doing all that in the church and bringing up a family, you were working as well? Yes, I I was fortunate to be able to... uh, do to work in practice nursing which allowed me to have evenings free and weekends free um, and I still nursing in general has been a very good growth point in fact it was through really through nursing that I came to faith um, on the first day that I started nursing there was 24 of us uh, in Edinburgh, July the 4th, 1966. Um, And at that time, things were very orderly. We were uh, sat in alphabetical order (laughs) round a table. And uh, I was Nancy Wallace at that time and said, the the sister tutor said, introduce yourself because you're... um, you're going to be together for four years. Just say where you've been and what you've been doing. So I, when it came to my turn, I said, I'm Nancy Wallace. I grew up in Arbroath and I've just finished school. I just finished on the Friday and this was a Monday. And the girl sitting next to me said, my name's Alison White and I come from Edinburgh. And she said, the most important person in my life is the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, the silence, nobody quite knew what, how to reflect on that. Um, and I think a lot of people avoided Alison because of that. And I didn't particularly um, feel that that would be the way I would have dealt with things. 
But at the end of that first year, six of us had become Christians because as well as professing our faith, she also invited her to her home in Edinburgh. Her parents would feed us. She had two big brothers, which was an attraction. <laughs> and, um, and she invited us to church. And um, when we eventually ran out of excuses why we shouldn't go to church, we went and again... That was really how the whole story began. I mean, and after Plymouth, you, you come back to Paisley and to Coates and Moral. Um, what, what have been the... Have, have there been things that have been difficult for faith as, as over all these years as, as life experience informs faith and fame informs life? And have there been things that have been really joyful? Yes, to both of these. Um, and I think I've n throughout anything that's happened, I've never ever stopped believing that God was with me and was around everything that had ha happened. You know, I've never ever. I have very often doubted my side of the bargain and you know, my ability to cope and my ability to do the right thing. Um, and that has probably been the cause of most, most fretfulness or anxiety. Uh, and yes, that life is, has ups and downs and uh, it's, no one's immune from these things. And John's Gospel says, in this world you will have trouble. And, but... Uh, that he, Jesus said, I have overcome the world. And I do, I do believe that things happen for a reason and sometimes it's only as you look back that you realise that. So yes, lots of trials, not any different from anybody else. And, um, and for the last 14 years, you've been part of our fellowship <coughs> here at Hillhead. What does Hillhead mean to you? Hillhead Baptist Church mean to you? Oh, it's I am just so grateful to belong to a church community that is outward looking and that's welcoming, that's non judgmental, and that uh, allows people to be themselves. I think that's really what it is. And I've been fortunate in other uh, in all the churches that I've been in. Um, people haven't pressed me into a mould of minister's wife. They've allowed me to... Um, sometimes I have ended up doing things that I never would have chosen, but these have been a blessing in the long run. And uh, so, yes, I, I'm just... I'm so glad to belong to people who care. And I know my family, when I've talked about... Uh, things within the church. They are very full of admiration for the kind of people and um, church that Hillhead Baptist is and the way it cares for one another and puts themselves out for each other. You chose our scripture reading this morning. Uh, the potter, the wheel, the moulding of the clay. Tell us a little bit about that and what that has meant to you in your life. Yeah, I uh, 
I, I like the picture of, it's such a clear picture, it almost needs no explanation. And the video with, the, with clay being thrown and even a child managing to do that. And I'm full of admiration because I know if you watch Bruce Forsyth with when people were throwing clay, I can't even remember what that was called now, but uh, I'm sure it's not as easy as that. But, and, but that's beside the point. It was more the fact of us being in God's hands. That's really what it was. When I think of the potter's shop, um, it reminds me of the programme, The Repair Shop. I don't know if you've ever watched The Repair Shop. And uh, I, I watch it sometimes with a neighbour who is 91 and a bit forgetful. But every night he, when we watch, every time we watch it, he says, oh, I would just put that stuff in the bin. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, but the, for those who have never seen it, it's uh, people bring their... Uh, precious possessions that have got a bit dated and worn and broken for whatever reason and they bring it to these experts who deal with it and restore it and I one of the hymns that we sing often here and has become almost a theme tune is let us build a house and Paul writes that we are God's house. Peter said that we are living stones. And so and I remember thinking when we first sang, let us build a house, it was kind of a, a jolly thing to sing. I, I get the impression now we're pleading, let us build a house that we can use and reach out into our community. And... Uh, that we as living stones can be made into the thing that God can use to build this house. And God said, I, when he saw the potter at work, he said, if only I could take this clay and mould it and make it into something useful. And uh, it's only as we put ourselves into God's hands as individual living stones and are built by him into a living community that we can become useful and serve this community in Glasgow, the West End of Glasgow. Whenever I come up the Byers Road to come here and see the chap sitting outside Waitrose, it just reminds us how much need there is in this area of Glasgow. Students and people struggling with all the issues of life and how much we could be a blessing if we were living stones and moulded the way God meant us to be. And these people who bring in the repair shop, who bring their precious possessions and leave them with these experts. And we have a pre precious possession. Jesus said, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world, everything in the world, but loses his soul? And it's as we put our souls into God's hands and let him change them and mould them. We sing a song as a gathering song. Jesus, take or take me as I am. Help, uh, 
summon out what I should be. Set your seal upon my hearts and live in me. Take, oh, take me as I am. Draw me into your embrace. All I am I give to your transforming grace. And that's, I think that's just exactly what God does. When people come back and get their treasured possessions, their, their faces see it all. Wow, that's amazing. How did you do that? I can't believe it. Thank you so much. And that is what happens when we realise just what God has done for us. Um, the children's home that, uh, that I went to in Arbroath, um, it was run by WIG, um, which is a worldwide organisation. And their founder was C.T. Studd. And the, his motto was, if Jesus Christ be God and died for me, then no sacrifice can be too great for me to make for him. And that has, like lots of things you learn in your childhood, from your co-op dividend number to your first telephone number, um, that has stuck with me through life. And it's, you know, I think that epitomises Hillhead, that we're a living community and that what we do is an expression of our faith and how we reach out and opportunities to go the second mile and to uh, make a difference in people's lives. Uh, Nancy, thank you so much for sharing a little of your story this morning. I know there's much, much more, but thank you very much. Thank you thank for you. allowing me. And I'm so looking forward to hearing other people's stories because it's fascinating You've been warned. each one of you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you.
Lord, we come before you today in the first service without a minister. We come before you in the first of many services where we are in a liminal space and an in-between time as we search out where you want us to go and who you want to lead us. Now more than ever, we are as clay in your hands. Help us to submit to your guiding and directioning in this time. Help us, Lord, to take the shape you designed for us for now, the shape that allows us to serve you best in the coming months and years. We know that there might be pain as we may have to break from our usual way of doing things. Help us to be okay with that as we move forward. As we move forward, help us to hear your voice in all of creation. Some of us have a complicated relationship with scripture, with it being used against us to hurt us and harm us before. Help us to embrace that complexity, even as we also know that the words that hurt us can also be used to heal and guide us. Help us to hear your direction through the complexity and help us to be willing to follow your call, no matter where it leads. Lord, we know we are not the only ones being shaped and formed in your hands. We know that we are not the only community you are guiding. We pray for our sister Baptist churches as you use them and guide them here in Scotland. Particularly, we, play, we pray for Lark Hall Baptist Church and Laith Baptist Church over in Edinburgh. We also pray for Reverend Lawson, the assistant chaplain of the University of Glasgow's Interfaith Chaplaincy. Help them all to submit to your shaping and molding as you form them into perfect pieces to form your will, to serve your will. In our own church today, Lord, we pray for the communications team, Graham L., Stuart and Puro, Lizzie and Jonathan as they begin their new life as a married couple, Jennifer, Neil, and Jason, Holly, George, Sheila, Heather, Kurt, and Duncan, Liz and Douglas, and Graham and Charlie. Help them this week particularly to hear you and let you into their lives, that you might shape them according to your plan. Lord, as we take another step along the road in front of us, help us to remember that you are always there, always walking with us, always shaping, and always guiding us. Help us to take comfort in that, especially when things are overwhelming. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
And so we go from our gathering. We go aspiring to share in the remoulding of our own lives and the lives of our fellow travellers and of the ways of the world. May the love of God surround us, the passion of Jesus inspire us, and the wisdom of the Spirit guide our thoughts and actions. We go in peace to love and to serve.